Richard Kral joins us on the line for Formula 3, having their second round of action at Wakefield Park over the Anzac Day weekend. And Richard, some very cold conditions met the competitors of Formula 3. Yeah, g'day Craig. Um, you know, we raced at Formula 3 over the last three or four years. We've raced at Silver Island twice a year. And never in my time in Formula 3, and I've been involved since 2004, have I been as cold as I was at Wakefield Park on the Sunday of round two of the championship. It was uh, the most remarkable conditions. There was rain, showers, and then the sun came out and it was dry, but the temperature was sort of hovering around the five or six degree mark most of the day, and with the wind chill factor, it was sub-zero. So just remarkable conditions. Not ideal for motor racing, but nevertheless, we got cars on the racetrack and a pretty sort of fascinating round of racing with uh, with the way the results played out and it certainly keeps the championship fairly open ahead of uh, round three in a few weeks time. Now a name that's been very familiar with the podium over the last few years is Tander Sport and uh, their driver this season Ben Crichton has made his way onto the podium for the first time in his career. Yeah look Ben had a really good weekend. Ben struggled at Clipsal and I think he'd be the first person to admit that to anybody but at uh, Wakefield Park they turned things around he was fast in opening practice. He then struggled in qualifying and was fourth and fifth for the two races respectively. But in the races, he bounced back and bounced back really, really well. In race one, he was running second most of the way. But unfortunately, uh, excuse me, unfortunately, he had a, a right rear tyre go down on him uh, early into the race. It was that lap 11 or 12, I think it was. Uh, and that fired him off the racetrack. He recovered, was trying to finish just to get some points. But then the tyre went down completely. And he spun the car at the top of the racetrack. Nothing in his doing. You, you just can't drive an open wheel car on three wheels. And um, and unfortunately, that was uh, the end of what would have been a fantastic second place finish. But he bounced back really well in race three and had a great dice with uh, Matt Sophie, who was second. And he held out Tim Macro, the most experienced Australian Formula 3 driver ever, and uh, did a really good job to get home in third. First podium for Ben. It's actually also the first podium for a Tander Sport driver that isn't named Tander. So uh, good signs that Tander Sports do a competitive outfit, even without Leanne behind the wheel. So certainly good news for them. And, uh, of course, when you're looking at winners, the uh, Formula 3 Championship is, uh, well, not as open as what we thought it was, but certainly that POM is doing a number. Yeah, yeah, look, they're good, aren't they? They're pretty capable. Uh, Joey Foster has been... Unbelievable since he came to Australia. You know, he scored you know, maximum points at the Clips of 500, and you spoke to him on the show with, with the other guys on the podium there. And he's a really genuine guy, well spoken, but when he gets behind the wheel, he's nigh and unstoppable. He was stopped at Wakefield Park, though, because in race one, he just creeped at the line and rolled slightly before the lights went out, was assessed to drive through penalty. He flew back through the order and was the fastest car on the track by a margin that was very, very large and got back up to third place, salvaged some points there, put on a clinic in the second race. So he led from pole. There was a safety car midway through the race. They had nine laps of green flag running after the safety car and he won by eight and a half seconds. So he just drove up the road and uh, was in a, a different league. His fastest lap was eight tenths quicker than anybody else. And that's where the Poms are so strong in this championship, Craig, is that in the, the dicey conditions on a slightly greasy track, on a, a track with no temperature in it whatsoever, they're just so good at driving in those conditions because that's what they do in Europe so often. And, you know, he showed how good he is yesterday. But great news for Tim Macro. He got Scud Racing's first ever championship class win in the, in the championship and it lifted him back up the order. 
back to where Tim's used to be. It was his ninth career Formula 3 win. He's, he's just sort of going after stats this year, but he'd love another championship. There's no doubt about that. And it really fired him up to get that victory after a tough round at Clipsal. One huge announcement, of course, in the uh, weeks only uh, recently after the passing of Graham Watson is that he will be remembered by the Rookie of the Year award from now on. Yeah, look, I mean, this is something that the board of Formula 3, myself included, sort of came up with really, really quickly um, once Graham had passed away and, and once we'd sort of gotten over the shock of that happening and, and it was a, a shocking thing and completely unexpected, um, we, we sort of thought, what, what way could we, as the category representing wins and slicks racing in the 52 years of history that it has in Australia, how can we remember a guy that's contributed so much? And when you look at Graham, all the drivers he's brought through, he's brought them through as young talent. He spotted these drivers as rookies and brought them in through the ranks, given them a championship or race wins or put them in the spotlight. And that sort of helped their careers to go on. And then look at Scott Dixon, he's won two Indy 500s and uh, two IndyCar championships and an Indy 500. And, you know, Will Powers over there doing great things as well. They're just two of many drivers. So it was pretty simple to come up with the, the, the concept of a Rookie of the Year award, to name it after Graham. And uh, you're the best driver every year is voted by his peers. So voted by the team owners, voted by board members, voted by the media and voted by fans online at the end of the season. Um, we'll pick the rookie of the year. He's the best driver with no prior open wheel experience in, in wins and six racing. They'll be the recipient of the Graham Watson rookie of the year. And I'm very, very confident and sure that that award will carry a great deal of credibility within the industry into the future and, and hopefully do what Graham did and help these young drivers through the ranks. Mm. The next event for Formula 3 is off to that place that you said is normally reasonably cold for you. It's Phillip Island in early May. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. I think it's actually been warmer than uh, Wakefield Park and I'm not sure that's ever been said before. But um, yeah, look, Phillip Island is great for Formula 3 racing. It suits the cars to a tee. We've got more cars coming down there. We've got John Magro returning in a second car for BRM. Leanne Tander is going to have a run. I can tell you that uh, bit of an exclusive for Inside Motorsport, Craig. Uh, Leanne will return to a Formula 3 car in the 04 Dallara from Tander Sport. So looking forward to that. Just a few weeks out after her uh, Fujitsu V8 supercar debut at Winton this weekend. But, um, so looking forward to that. A big grid and uh, it's always great for motor racing. High speed, slip streaming, lots of overtaking and generally very, very close finishes as well. And that's the 15th and 17th of May, the third round of the Formula 3 Championship. Can't let you go without asking you about the rest of the Shannon's Nationals, of which the Formula 3, of course, is the headliner. It was, um, well, a very cold weekend, and I, I imagine that, uh, unfortunately, that would have hurt numbers. Yeah, it hurt spectator numbers for sure. One very, very promising thing about the, the Shannon's Nationals this year, Craig, is that a couple of the categories that were maybe a bit scratchy last year are looking really strong. Uh, the, the Commodore Cup Championship is just going from strength to strength. Uh, they've got Glenn Holdsworth, the father of Lee and Brett, at the helm. He stepped out of the seat this year to give Brett a drive after he pulled out of the Sajitsu series. But Glenn, uh, I actually fortunate enough to have dinner with him on the Friday night. And he's a great character and really passionate about Commodore Cup racing. And they've got that championship humming along. They're going to have 20-plus cars all year. Uh, the new V8 Touring Car class, which is turning into basically a third-tier V8 supercar series, all they do is just detune de um, de the sort of VX-shape, AU-shape Falcons and Commodores, um, run them at about 7,000 pm instead of 7.5, a couple more control components to keep costs down. 
They, they had 11 cars at the weekend, up from four last year. So that's a pretty big percentage going for that category. Um, speaking to the, the Shannon's Nationals organisers, they're expecting 15 of those cars at uh, Malala, which is their second round in June. Now, the Fujitsu V8 series, the big second-tier V8 series to the main game, is only going to have 16 or 17 cars at Winton. So this cost-effective way of going V8 racing is catching on very, very strong. And the other category I'd like to mention is the Manufacturers' Championship, which has undoubtedly been helped by the very, very strong 12-hour race at the start of the year. And they had 20 cars at Wakefield Park. Very, very strong competition at the front between the Evos, the Subarus, and the HSVs, uh, amongst others. And uh, I think this is going to be a vintage year for production car racing. And it's really getting back to that point where it was in the early 90s under the Pro Car banner with GTP, where it was one of the stronger categories going round. So they're three great success stories of the Shannon's Nationals this year. Uh, and it was interesting, Gary Holt. Um, some mentioned a surprise winner, but Gary Holt used to own the Wakefield Park circuit. You'd think he'd know his way around there. Well, you would, but it, it was a surprise winner because Rod Salmon actually technically won the round, but he got penalised 15 points after it for a, a couple of infringements, so that handed Holty the win. He was pretty pleased. I had a good chat to Holty. I've known him for a little while, and he was really excited to get the win, and back in the BMW this season, sat out most of last year, but had a, a reasonably competitive run, didn't get the result, but had a competitive run at Bathurst, and I'm pretty certain he'll be here for uh, for the year and try and get another production car title under his belt. But you know, that, that category is really good. It's exciting. There's a lot of cars that have come out of the woodwork after the 12 hours. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.